You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Seattle police exodus worsens. 270 police officers are out since last year, since 2020, with 100 more unavailable. What does unavailable mean? Stick around. We're going to talk about it. That's what we're talking about today. The the Seattle police exodus just continues. I mean, this is not a shocking thing, right? You've got an environment where nobody really on the city level or political leaders don't want police. We we just don't want police. Yet we still want the city to be safe, but without police. We're trying to reimagine, rethink something else that we haven't really come up with. In the meantime, police officers leaving in droves. Why are we talking about this in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast? Well, policing is kind of important to a city for its safety factor, right? That has a lot to do with real estate. If you have a home in an area that is not safe, hmm, it's not going to sell as quick as a home in an area that's got police protection. That's just the way this goes. So we're going to get into it before we do. If you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I read the news. All right, let's jump on into it. Let's not waste any more idle time on chit chat. This is from Jason Rantz, 770-KTTH. And he's been, a, he's been a strong advocate of following the, the whole police issue. And it, it's been a train wreck in Seattle. And it's been a train wreck in a lot of other cities. But Seattle especially, um, for as big a city as we are with the number of police officers we have now, it's getting down to those bare bones, right? All right. So almost 275 police officers have left the Seattle Police Department since 2020. Staffing crisis has never been worse with the lowest number of deployable staff since at least the 1980s. Man, last time we kind of went through this, it was 1990s. And that was a kind of a shocker. Now we're back to the 1980s. That was my time. I was in junior high and high school and college during the 80s. That was an amazing time. Movie Wall Street came out. Oh, epic times, right? Well, almost 275 police officers have left the department. 1980s, last time we had this this view of officers. So this year, a total of 84 officers is separated from the Seattle Police Department, with 18 leaving in May, according to a police source. When we say separation, a separation is an all-inclusive term that includes resignations, retirements, and lateral moves to other agencies. So not with the Seattle Police Department. They've gone elsewhere. Maybe somebody else recruited them. Maybe they just wanted to go somewhere else. They had a lower cost of housing. Maybe they just wanted to go somewhere else where they're actually appreciated for the services they they do. The latest data puts total separations at a minimum of 270 since 2020. If this pace holds up, the Seattle Police Department will far exceed last year's historic numbers. And we're headed into the summer where separations have historically spiked. So that's, that's part of what caught my eye here is... Will these separations continue? And will we have a historic spike this summer, right when things really typically get rolling with the whole protesting and warm weather and people outside? At least that's what we had last year, right? I mean, it was it was basically a summertime activity during the peaceful protesting. Haven't We didn't see much for um, Memorial Day. It was relatively quiet. I didn't see a ton from uh, Oregon. I didn't see a ton from Portland. I didn't see a ton here in Washington and Seattle or anywhere else for that matter. So we'll just, they haven't gone away. We're just going to have to find out, you know, we'll have to wait and see how this, this game goes. So my theory is, is that we've had so many police officers leave that um, we won't see a big spike this summer as 
you know, traditionally happens. I've been reading kind of the data about that. I think enough officers have already either left or they've got their, their one foot out the door, and I can't really blame them. I mean, some of the stuff that happens in the city of like Seattle is just it's ridiculous, shouldn't be happening. Yet our politicians let it happen and our judges just kind of condone it. Yeah, it's okay. That's all right. That's not a big deal. Crazy. But the staffing crisis is actually worse than it appears. Not only do separation data lag when reported officially by the Seattle Police Department, but it also doesn't account for unavailable personnel. Are you available? No, I'm not. What are you doing? Ah, you know, taking sick leaves, taking some time off. They've got built up hours, and they're going to take that before they go. I don't really blame them. They've earned it. You know, that's kind of part of the deal, right? It's what everybody else does in their job. And they're, if you got a corporate job where you've got benefits like that, you know, you got some kind of, you got a city job, you're going to burn up that time, right? Burning accrued time off. That's our next section here. There are over 100 officers unavailable for deployment, according to an internal document from late May 2021, shared with the Jason Ranch Show on KTTH. 100 are unavailable. I am on vacation for the next month. HR personnel orders, as some officers call the document, show the officers unavailable for deployment. The list ranges from patrol officers and detectives to lieutenants and sergeants. So bottom to the top within the hierarchy of the Seattle Police Department. Many of these officers are burning through the vacation and sick time they have earned. They're owed the time and they're taking it, but eventually they leave the department. It's unclear how many of the 100 plus unavailable officers are burning time before they leave. So you got a 100 that are kind of unaccounted for. We don't really know what direction they're going to go. Uh, sources with knowledge of who was on the list suspect it's about 40 to 50% of that 100 may end up going a separation, a, you know, retiring, a leaving lateral move, whatever you, you might have. Um, but they worry that it's more that's kind of the big concern here. So you've got 100. So you've got another 40 or 50 possible police officers. Where does that put us? Last month, Interim Chief Adrian Diaz acknowledged only 1,088 officers are available for deployment. And that's why I keep hammering on this, because the benchmark for this department is 1,400. So that's what the, I think it's based on FBI statistics. Um, you have to have two officers for every whatever thousand population. So it, it's a benchmark for a city of the a size of, of Seattle. It's not just, ah, Seattle, you need this many cops. It's, it's based on population. So Seattle should have 1400. They've got 1,088. Are we going to lose another 50? Are we going to get that down to a thousand? Are we going to be like 400 police officers short percentage wise? That's pretty big. That's a pretty big number. No wonder we can't get to anything but our main, main priority calls. Just don't have the manpower to do it. And if we have, you know, any more of the peaceful protests go on. Yep. Good luck with that. Good luck getting anybody to come out to your house. If something goes sideways, if you need to call 911, that's gonna, it's gonna impact things. It's already impacting things, right? Consistently, officers tell the Jason Rant show on KTTH that their precinct staffing is at or below staffing minimums. And that's what I keep reading to uh, police officers who send in emails to me here, the Seattle real estate podcast, they basically say the same thing and that, um, you know, there's a lot more police officers who have literally a foot out the door doing something else, whether it's, you know, just 
quitting. I am quitting. I had a nice long post that somebody said to me, I'm not going to read it because it was, it was kind of personal. But, um, you know, they had it on the internet. And they're just basically, hey, I can't do this anymore. I can't subject my family to what's going on. I can't go out there and do this knowing, you know, these a lot of these folks don't have my back at the hierarchy level of politicians in the city. I don't want to do this anymore. If I'm not wanted, I'm going to go somewhere else and find somebody else, another employer who does want me. And um, we've, you know, we've seen tons of that. We've seen other police departments just basically scooping up our experienced police officers. And some may say, well, it's those experienced officers that are, you know, giving us all a bad name because they're the ones that have been around forever. And they're, they're just, they're continuing this structure of racism and whatever else it is. But I don't think you can operate without police officers. So you got to have the police officer structure there for law and order. You know, we've got, uh, who do we have? Uh, who was it? Seattle commissioner saying that the police aren't there to prevent crime. They're there only to solve crime after it happens. It's like, what? That That's absolute insanity. But that's what we're doing here in Seattle. I mean, that is literally kind of the mindset some of these people have. Now, that was Hardesty down in Joanne Hardesty down in Portland. That's who that was. It's like, okay, how's that working out for you in Portland? How is that going? How's the shooting practice going in North Portland? Because that's what you guys are doing on each other. It's crazy, right? So with the new separations and unavailable officers, that number is closer to 1,000 is what we're saying. And it might be permanent. Eh, Say you got 1,050. That's still 350 short of where you should be. And that's in a city that is about to fully reopen without COVID restrictions. End of June, state of Washington, it's go time. People out and about, people doing their thing. You're just going to have... It's been interesting to follow... Some crimes have decreased, like, I think it was a a rape statistic was down like 16% because people just aren't going out and about. You don't have, you don't have those opportunities where that kind of crime goes on when people are hunkered down at home. So, you know, there are some crimes that have actually decreased with the whole Rona thing, but violent crime and gun violence has definitely gone up. I mean, and in some cities, it's it's literally gone through the roof. Just crazy. I think there were um, how many shootings over this Memorial Day weekend? There was a ton. There's a ton. So with more people on the street, there's a higher likelihood of crime. The mass exodus of Seattle officers can't be overstated. And that's something that I think a a lot of the media is just going, yeah, you guys have covered that story. You know, we know the cops and the numbers of cops in the street are low, but yeah, things seem to be going pretty well. I mean, we don't seem to be having any major issues here. It's kind of like there are no major issues at the homeless encampments until somebody is murdered, which happened, what, a couple of mornings ago here in Seattle? Yeah, somebody got murdered. And then how many more murders does it take before we realize, okay, maybe we actually need to do something. So how many more police officers do we need to lose before things get really bad, some stuff happens, and then people are like, where did all the police go? What happened to them? What happened? Where are they? Why isn't anybody answering my call? Yeah, there you go. I've been talking about it for a while. Jason Rance has been talking about it for a while. You know, this isn't, uh, this isn't, you know, news overnight. This has been ongoing and this is happening in a lot of police departments across the United States. It's interesting. We're in that period where we are refunding the police now. 
where police departments are getting more money because, you know, cities have realized, okay, you know what, we've got an increase in violent crime and this whole defunding the police thing, that doesn't seem to be working out. So that little bit of money we took away during the defunding period, we're probably going to give that back and then some. Because a lot of these police departments, they're low on the police officers. And this will really come out. This will really come to light, I think, this summer when you've just got more people out and about running around. And you're going to see those crime numbers climb. Uh, but in Seattle, a lot of our crime is being classified as no longer crime. That's, that's how we're handling things here. But, you know, violent crime, I don't think you can, uh, you can't hide that. That's going to keep going. And I don't see that decreasing. And with fewer police officers on the ground, this doesn't seem like a hard story to predict, does it? I mean, it just kind of feels like, all right, what's your point? We know where this one's going. But we got to talk about it because a lot of people aren't talking about it. Major media is not really covering this one. They're like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. I mean, what could possibly be go, go wrong when you have 400 fewer officers than you should in a major, you know, metropolitan city? What, what could possibly happen? We're going to find out. That's for sure, right? All right, let's keep going here. So the implications of this mass exodus cannot be overstated. And that's something that I've kind of been saying, um, probably not as directly as Jason Rance, but um, in my own, all right, from a real estate guy's background, yeah, this this isn't going to work out well. That's not a good look. And everybody else is like, yeah, good. Fewer police. This is going to be good. Uh, this is just what we needed. No, no. You, you talk to people in um, you know the communities that really have been impacted by crime. They want more cops. They literally want more cops. What's up with that? What's up with that? I mean, they're asking for more police protection. That is what is going on. And those are the lower socioeconomic neighborhoods. Those are your BIPOC communities, right? I mean, is this that hard to kind of figure out? I don't think so. But... Um, you know, people want to believe what they want to believe. As officers leave the department in droves, violent crime continues to escalate across the city. In 2020, the city saw a 26-year high homicide rate. Since January of 2021, just a few months ago, the Seattle Police Department has investigated well over 100 reports of gunfire and 13 homicides. And these crimes have disproportionately impacted the city's black residents. Defunding our police has seen deadly results. Uh, it was kind of like in CHOP. Who got killed there? Two black kids, two black teenagers, two black young men. I mean, this these are the facts. This is just kind of what's going on. So due to low staffing, officers sometimes can only respond to priority one calls, emergencies in progress that require immediate police intervention, but it can take over seven minutes for police to respond. And I've read accounts for as long as like 16 minutes on some of this stuff. It's crazy. It's nutty, but these are just numbers. And, you know, I think we had that big defund the police thing and everybody's like, yeah, it's great. But there was no plan. There, there was zero plan. All right. You want to defund the police and you want to bring in some social workers, some unarmed social workers, or maybe you want to go the route of Portland and you want to bring in some park rangers. Literally, 
park rangers. That is one of Portland's answers to increase in gun violence. Not, hey, you know, when we defunded the police earlier and we got rid of the gun violence reduction team, think about those words, gun violence reduction team. And then shockingly, gun violence goes up. Maybe we should bring those guys back, but we're going to, and I think they are, they're just going to call it a different different name because, oh, it wouldn't look good to, hey, yeah, we were wrong. We got to bring those guys back. So how many crimes in Seattle are just basically, basically just happening and, you know, not much happens and we don't really have the manpower to solve the crimes. We just kind of pretend that everything's going okay. And, uh, you know, we're down a few hundred police officers. It'll sort itself out. It's okay. What's been interesting is to follow the actual numbers of, you know, during CHOP, it was defund the police by 50%. Now, right now, you got to have that now in there. I think that came from uh, corporate Black Lives Matter. They wanted it defunded now. And so there was a little bit of defunding. But these mayors in these cities are like, ah, you know what? We shouldn't, we shouldn't, take, we shouldn't do that much of a haircut to the police budget because it's really not going to work out well. And these mayors actually took a lot of heat for for you know being reasonable, even though most of them aren't reasonable. That's just what's happening. That's what's happening. And so Jason Rance uh, finishes off here with, "This is not sustainable, and it's going to get worse." Now, a lot of people on the left, where I am not affiliated with, let's make that clear, there's been some confusion. There's some people are confused because they read some of the headlines of my videos. And if you don't, you know, dive in to a guy doing a podcast and really take the time, take five minutes and listen to me. Do I seem like I'm over on the left-hand side? No, I'm not. I'm somewhere right of center. Um, so a lot of what the left is saying is, you know, you keep doing these scare tactics with the police and everything's still okay. Well, look at your look at your crime statistics. Some are down and those make sense, like the rape thing. We explained that. Um, but your violent crime, your violent crime is way up. Is that due to defunding the police? Mm, probably partially would be my answer. Is it 100%, you know, cause and effect there? No, it's not. You've got people that are pissed off. You've got people who lost their jobs, people who don't want to be in the positions they are told by their government, you got to stay home, you got to wear a mask, all this other stuff. So when conflict happens in their lives, they take out a gun and they shoot each other. That's I think that's a big, a big portion of it. And they do so because they know, all right, even if I shoot somebody, yeah, there were 25 other shootings recently and none of those got solved. So well, my odds are pretty good. I don't have anything to lose. These are folks that feel like they don't have anything, you know, to lose. And so you go shoot somebody else. Eh, it's okay. I mean, it's all right. And another component of the gun violence is, People with mental mental issues, you know, we had uh, homeless encampment. Uh, where was that? Oh, yeah, it was um, in Seattle, a decent neighborhood of of Seattle. Um, done a lot of appraisals there over the years, and um, a homeless guy, you know, was yelling at a guy in a tent. He was looking for money. He wasn't looking for money from the guy in the tent. Guy in the tent gets out, starts talking to the guy looking for the money, yelling. Guy looking for money, shoots him three times, kills him. That was Monday morning at 530 in the morning. So you've got issues like that where you've just got 
crazy people, literally crazy people with access to guns. And this is going on. And somehow the left doesn't think that that's, you know, going to have any, you know, the lack of police support isn't going to, you know, there's not going to be any crossover to impacting the rest of society. Mm, I think that's a tough sell. So that's why I kind of keep talking about these, these issues is because I think Jason Rance is right. This is not sustainable and it's, and it's going to get worse. So how many more police officers do we have to have leave before there's kind of this big push of, Oh, yeah, Ooh, this isn't good. So the cops are going to scramble as best they can. Their leadership, you know, interim chief Adrian Diaz, they're going to do the best that they can with what they've got because that's what they do. But this is not ideal. This is not ideal. This is not an ideal time to have this situation happen. And that's what I kind of keep hammering on. And yet, you know, other people are like, ah, you keep talking about that, but is it really that necessary? Because it seems like everything's fine. I mean, it's fine. There's, there's nothing. Good. Don't, don't look at the, don't look at the crime stats. Those are misleading. You know, you know, you know, that's where we're at. So I keep, I keep talking about this topic because I think at some point in time, this is going to get really worse. Is that really, is that a, that's not a correct uh, English statement. This is going to get much worse. How's that? And as it does, I'll cover it for you right here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. And police officers know that you, anybody in law enforcement know that you are always anonymous and you want to send me stuff. Tell me your experience. Why are you leaving the police force? Why are you going to a, another police force? If you're going to, has anybody moved to South Dakota? I want to know because the governor there is like, hey, come on down. Is it Christy Noem, I believe it is. Um, you know, Spokane has, uh, has recruited Seattle police officers. Bellevue has recruited. And, and that's one of the things that I had a, a good conversation back and forth with is if you have 400 police officers that have left, um, you know, the Seattle police department on average, how many years experience is that? Say, say it's, say it's just three years. It's not, it's got to be at least five. That's 2000 years of experience that you've just lost. How long is it going to take you to recruit that experience level back into the police department? So now you're going to have, and, and a lot of what I talk about is now you're going to have um, you're going to have green police officers running departments because that's what you've got left. All the experienced ones have taken their retirement and they're like, yep, I'm out. I'm done. I'm eligible for retirement. I'm not putting my life in, in danger for this amount of pay. And, um, you know, people telling me I should go kill myself. I'm just not subjecting myself to that. And a lot of people think, well, Sean, you're, you're just exaggerating that. I have literally heard that at protests literally heard that. And it's shocking. It's like, that is rather disrespectful. But okay, I I understand your position on this, this subject. You don't like the police. I get that. I get that. But you don't like any authority. That's what you know, a lot of this has come to the, the people that are actually out protesting now. It's no longer really a Black Lives Matter message, is it? It's just straight up. We don't like any authority. And we know who that is. It's our friends clad in all black because um, it's harder to arrest them when you can't figure out who's who. Hey, get that really tall guy, that tall guy. So if you're really, if you have something that physically sticks out, mm, it's going to be more, it's going to be easier for the cops to get you. Just know that, know that going into it. 
So, and I kind of make fun of some of this stuff, but it literally happens. You know, you read reports where they, you know, they get some big tall guy or get somebody super short. I ah, get the short person. We, we saw them. We know them. Because um, when you're out clad in all black and it's night, well, it's pretty tricky to, to pick out average looking people from, um, from who's doing what. So yeah, it's been interesting that the last few days we haven't had, um, we haven't had the protests that we probably, you know, we could have. So are we kind of waiting up here? Are we, you know, taking a little break? I don't know. Be interesting to, to see how this goes this summer. I think everybody is pretty much ready for when possible protests do take place. I am seeing security in areas. I saw security in areas this weekend in Seattle that was pretty heavy that I haven't seen before. And I'm like, that's interesting. This is we're over here in Seattle and that dude's, you know, packing. What's going on? He's security. Interesting. Okay. Oh, all right. We were ready for if the protest did happen and people are hiring security guards, off duty cops um, to keep the peace. Because that's what you do when things are a little untenable. And you know that there aren't enough police out there to basically support kind of what's going on. So that's where we're at. Uh, police levels in Seattle down to where they were in the 1980s when I was in junior high, high school and early years of college. Crazy. That's wild because we're a much bigger population now. I don't, I should run the numbers, but got to be a big, way bigger population. Right? I mean, it's just, I know I've, I've seen those numbers, but it was relative to the 1990s. Um, and 1990s, we had less population too. And Seattle's been a growing city. It's one of the fastest growing small cities, I think it is, in the United States, or maybe the fastest growing. I would do a podcast on that, but you know, a lot of people tell me, hey, do some, do some bigger pieces or just cover the police situation. That's all we care about in Seattle. It's like, okay, I can follow orders too. All right, that's it for me on this one. I'm going to go, I think we're talking about capital gains tax rates or something on the next one. I got to go prep for that one. So thank you for being here. Thanks for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I will catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. We'll see you soon. Thanks again for being here. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.